Chapter Nine of *The Dogs of Boytown* by Walter A. Dyer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: The Training of Romulus. On the way back from Thornborough that day, something happened that gave a new direction to the thoughts and aspirations of Ernest and Jack Whipple. They had gone somewhat out of their way to a woods road that was shadier and cooler than the highway, and Romulus was nosing and sniffing about in the underbrush quite a little distance to the left. Ernest whistled, but Romulus apparently did not hear. He seemed to be darting about in the bushes with unusual eagerness. "'What has he found, do you suppose?' asked Jack. "'Let's go and see,' said Ernest." the two boys and remus turned out of the road and approached the spot where romulus was hunting suddenly there was a whir of wings and a dark object flashed upward and disappeared among the trees for a moment romulus and remus both stood rigid with heads and tails outstretched then they broke and disappeared in the woods it was some little time before the boys could get them back again and started along the homeward road the boys, breathless with running, had not spoken to each other, but now Ernest said, oh, "'It was some kind of bird, Jack. Did you notice?' "'Yes,' said Jack. "'Why, Ernest, they know how to hunt already.' "'I guess it's instinct,' said Ernest. "'And did you see him point? They really did for a minute, just like Sam's Nan, or the pictures in the books.' "'Oh, Ernest,' cried Jack, "'we must take them hunting. Do you suppose we could?' sam could anyway said the older boy he said he'd train them the rest of the way home they talked of nothing but hunting and the wonderful achievements that were in store for the two dogs mr whipple approved the plan to have romulus and remus trained a good dog in his eyes was a dog that was good for something and he recognized the value of a well-trained bird dog though he had no desire to see the boys become too fond of hunting themselves all right said he take them up to bumpus and let him train them but you boys must promise not to ask to handle a gun yourselves you're not old enough for one thing and besides your mother doesn't approve of shooting it's a dangerous business at best remember now no nonsense about guns the boys willing to postpone that question till some future time readily promised and on a saturday morning in september soon after the reopening of school they took the dogs up to sam's shack remember said sam i ain't promising anything you never can tell what kind of a bird dog a setter will make till you've tried him out i've got a lot of other things to attend to this fall but i'll do the best i can and you mustn't be impatient if they ain't all finished off in two weeks now we'll take him out for their first lesson that first lesson proved to be a rather tedious affair to ernest and jack nothing was said about birds or guns pointing or retrieving sam's chief aim was to get the dogs to obey his word and whistle as well as they obeyed those of the boys and the latter were forced to keep silent while he gradually gained the mastery over the two lively young dogs sam displayed in this much greater patience than the boys did but still it was pleasant to be out in the fields this fine september day and to watch the dogs as they came to respond more and more readily to the commands of their trainer at first indeed there was but one command expressed by a sharp whistle or by the words come here boy sam seemed determined to add no further commands until he had secured unfailing and prompt obedience to this one but slow as the process was it was really remarkable what progress was made in a few short hours 
at noon they took the dogs back to the shack to enjoy a rest and a dry bone apiece while sam cooked and served a delicious luncheon of buckwheat cakes bacon and cocoa then after he had enjoyed a pipe or two and they had listened to some of his tales of dogs and hunting they started out again this time sam fastened a cord of good length to the dogs collars something they were not used to i'll need to use this later on said he and they've got to get used to the feel of it first they've got to learn to stand it without pulling and to answer the signals again he exhibited extraordinary patience for the dogs resented this unaccustomed restraint and seemed possessed to pull at their leads and try to break away it took a good two hours to break them to this simple harness then sam took it off and went all over the first lesson again which at first the dogs appeared to have forgotten well as the minister says here endeth the first lesson said sam when the shadows of late afternoon began to lengthen and they turned back again toward the shack the boys now realized that they were very tired do you think they'll ever learn asked jack uh, somewhat plaintively why sure said sam i've seen worse ones than these they're high-spirited as good dogs ought to be and a bit heady but they'll learn they've done very well so far still doubting but somewhat encouraged the boys prepared to take their departure in order that the training might go on uninterrupted it was necessary to leave romulus and remus in sam's care and it is a question which felt the worse about the separation the boys or the dogs ernest and jack knew that their pets would be in good hands and kindly treated but it was hard to say good-bye as for the dogs they set up a howling and crying when they found they were being deserted oh they'll soon get over that said sam they'll begin to take an interest in the other dogs pretty soon and then they'll feel more at home thus reassured the boys started off down the road without their four-footed comrades but the insistent wails that followed them were very heartrending, and two big tears rolled down jack's round cheeks and it was several days before they could get used to the desolate deserted look of rome or become reconciled to the absence of their playmates they could hardly wait for the next saturday to come when they could go up again to sam's shack and visit their beloved dogs romulus and remus were overjoyed at seeing them again and it was some time before sam could get them quieted down sufficiently to take them out for another lesson he had been training them during the week and the boys now heard him addressing them with strange words he placed their check cords on again and this time the dogs did not seem to resent it so much indeed they seemed to look upon it as the preliminary of a good time which as sam explained was the idea he had tried to impress on them hie on cried sam and the dogs started off at a bound toho he called this meant to stop abruptly and this command the dogs hoping for a good run did not obey so readily a quick tug at the check cord reminded them of the meaning of the command and soon they stopped more promptly at the words come in said sam and the dogs approached him charge said sam down after several attempts the dogs reluctantly obeyed and crouched at his feet heel he cried and after several repetitions of the order they took their places quietly behind him they're always a little slower the first thing in the morning sam explained before they've run off some of their deviltry they'll improve as they go along and improve they did 
in the afternoon sam took them out without the check cord and kept perseveringly at them until they would hie on and toho and charge and heel with reasonable promptness by next week i hope to show you something more said sam when will you shoot over them and teach them to point asked ernest oh not for some time yet said sam they gotta learn the a b c of it first next i will try to teach them to answer my hand first i'll call and wave at the same time and then just wave then they've got to learn to range to go whichever direction i want em to and turn when i want em to then i'll give em lessons in retrieving but before another saturday had come around sam had discovered something something which affected the whole future career of remus ernest and jack had duties to perform that saturday which engaged them the entire morning and they were unable to go up to sam's until afternoon their visit was consequently a short one and they had but little time to spend with sam in the field they found however that the training had been progressing satisfactorily sam was allowing the dogs to range in ever-widening circles and on the whole they were obeying his commands in a promising manner they were beginning to retrieve objects also not as a hit or miss game after the manner of rags but in answer to the commands go fetch it and pick it up moreover the dogs were less homesick now that they had begun to take an interest in their occupations and to become acquainted with the other dogs they seemed to understand too that ernest and jack had not utterly deserted them but might be expected to appear at almost any moment but when it came time to go home sam detained them for a moment i've got to tell you something said he scratching his chin and looking a bit unhappy and i don't believe you'll like it much oh cried ernest can't you keep the dogs well i can keep romulus said sam but i've got to ask you to take remus back i've given him every chance and i find he's hopeless as a bird dog he learns quick enough quicker than romulus if anything but he's got no nose none at all and a setter with no nose is about useless in the field it would be a waste of time to try to train him and when we got on the birds he would only get in romulus's way and spoil him so i guess you'll have to take him back and let me go ahead with the good one why what do you mean inquired jack struggling to hide his disappointment can't he smell oh i suppose he can tell spoiled fish when he gets it but he don't catch the scent of anything in the air i guess it was the distemper that did it he had it worse than romulus and it often spoils their noses when they have it hard enough i'm sorry but it can't be helped and it can't be cured for a few minutes jack stood silent pressing his lips together then suddenly he knelt down beside remus and hugged him passionately i don't care whether you've got a nose or not remus he cried i don't want to go hunting ever noses don't matter you're the best dog in the whole world anyhow and so they took remus back with them that afternoon leaving romulus behind howling mournfully for his brother such reports as they received from sam indicated that the training of romulus proceeded with fair rapidity during the fall they were not able to go up to his shack very often for one reason or another and jack at least was not so anxious to do so as he had been remus lived in solitary luxury in rome and was in some danger of being spoiled by the petting he received from his loyal master romulus so ernest learned could now retrieve at command and would bring back a dead pigeon or other bird without rumpling its feathers 
he would also range in obedience to a wave of sam's hand and was gradually learning to stand fast and hold his point when he flushed a covey of birds finally sam took out his gun to shoot over him and the rest of his training was to be chiefly that persistent practice which finally makes perfect it was decided that romulus should remain with sam until snow fell but one night there came a scratching and a whining at the door and a series of peculiar short little barks so persistently kept up that they awakened both the boys they slipped on their dressing gowns and slippers and stole downstairs at the door they found romulus with a broken bit of rope tied to his collar why cried jack it's romulus see he must have broken away he came all the way home alone in the dark said ernest how do you suppose he ever found his way romulus seemed to understand that it was not the time to make a noise for though he kept leaping on the boys in an excess of delight and making little sounds in his throat that were almost human he refrained from the loud joyous barking that he would have indulged in if it had been daytime remus had heard him however and was making a considerable commotion in rome so the boys took romulus quietly out to his brother who greeted him with paw and tongue and voice and bidding both dogs good night they went back to the house so it was decided that if romulus so much desired his own home he should be deprived of it no longer sam came down in a day or two to find out about it i thought he'd probably run home said he but i wanted to make sure i guess we'd better leave him here now i'm pretty near through with him for this fall anyway you just bring him up once in a while so i can take him out and not let him forget what i've learned him meanwhile the affairs of boytown were going on much as usual autumn passed in golden glory with nutting expeditions in october in which sometimes as many as a dozen boys and a dozen dogs joined forces as they started out through the town streets mr fellows the news-dealer and stationer said it looked as though a circus had come to town such things however were of common and regular occurrence only two episodes of that season deserved to be especially recorded one was a dog-fight which for a time brought the dog-owning fraternity of boytown into ill repute for some time several of the boys had been bragging as boys will about the prowess and battle of their particular dogs and this narrowed down at length to an unsettled controversy between monty hubbard and harry barton monty maintained that the irish terrier was the greatest daredevil and fighter in the canine world and he quoted books and individuals to prove it harry on the other hand insisted that the bulldog's grit and tenacity were proverbial and loudly asserted that if mike once got a grip on mr o'brien's throat it would be good-bye mr o'brien it is only fair to the boys to state that it was the irish terrier that started the fracas on his own initiative he was a scrappy terrier always ready to start something and it usually required considerable vigilance to keep him out of trouble but it must be confessed that on this particular occasion his master did not exert the usual restraint it happened out on the road that ernest and jack so often took when they visited sam bumpus or trapper's cave mr o'brien had been annoying the other dogs for some little time rushing and barking at them and inviting a friendly encounter he was not vicious but he loved a tussle finally mike the bulldog usually so long-suffering lost patience and turned on mr o'brien with a menacing snarl that seemed to mean business 
for a moment the irishman stood still in surprise while mike his head held low waited with a stubborn look in his eye that was clearly the time for interference but i regret to say that instead of interfering the boys grouped themselves about with feelings of not unpleasant anticipation i further regret to say that ernest whipple was one of the most interested suddenly mr o'brien recovering from his surprise returned to the attack with an impetuous rush which nearly bowled mike over but mike was heavier than mr o'brien and stood very solidly on his four outspread feet he merely turned about and presented a terrifying front to his more active antagonist again mr o'brien rushed seeking a hold on mike's big muscular neck for a time mr o'brien seemed to be having the best of it he took the offensive and seemed to be on all sides of mike at once the bulldog's ear was bleeding and harry urged him to retaliate suddenly mike raised his huge bulk and bore down the lighter dog beneath his weight then he began methodically seeking the vice-like hold that would have meant the last of mr o'brien just at that moment however a diversion occurred here there what are you doing demanded a man's hoarse voice and sam bumpus came striding out into the thick of it without the slightest fear or hesitation though such an act was decidedly not without danger he darted in and seized the dogs by their collars one in each hand and displaying wonderful strength of arm he dragged them apart if mike had succeeded in getting his hold if sam had come up a minute later he could not have done it as it was he held the snarling struggling dogs at arm's length shook them and then ordered their masters to take them in charge and keep them apart ernest had never seen sam angry before he was usually the embodiment of even-tempered good humor but he was angry now his jaws snapped and his eyes flashed and he seemed to be itching to give somebody a good spanking at last he spoke i thought you boys was fond of dogs he said i thought you made a great fuss about being kind to animals you ought to be ashamed of yourselves settin two good dogs on to fight each other don't you know no better dogs are built to fight and they ought to know how to when it's necessary but any man or boy that starts em fightin for sport is a coward without another word he turned and vanished into the woods the boys made no comments either, and I am glad to say that most of them were about as ashamed of themselves as boys can be. By common consent, the afternoon expedition was abandoned, and the company dispersed. But that was not all of it. The story of the dogfight leaked out, and there was more than one home in Boytown in which a boy was warned that if anything of that kind happened again, there would be no more dogs in that family and monty hubbard received something even more impressive than a lecture mrs hammond when she heard of it was wise enough to say nothing until the matter had cooled down somewhat then she took occasion to set forth her views in a way that the boys never forgot and there was never another encouraged dogfight in that town the other incident which i spoke of was the strange disappearance of romulus one morning he was gone, and he did not return home all that day. Ernest searched for him in vain and went to bed that night with a very heavy heart. The next day Romulus did not appear, nor the next. Acting on his father's advice, Ernest placed an advertisement in the paper and offered a reward, but without result. Little by little Ernest was forced to give up hope, and a very disconsolate boy he was 
Jack and Remus did their best to console him, but he grieved night and day. No one could suggest what had become of Romulus. Then, on the evening of the fifth day, a slight scratching was heard at the door, and a low whine. Ernest, who was studying his lessons, heard it first. Dropping his book on the floor, he rushed out, closely followed by Jack and Mr. Whipple. There lay Romulus on the doormat, all in, as Sam Bumpus would have said. He was so weak and weary that he could hardly rise, and the wonder was that he had been able to drag himself home. A piece of rope attached to his collar showed that he had broken loose from somewhere, and bleeding feet testified to the distance he had come. Ernest lifted him in his arms and buried his face in the dog's shaggy coat, and Romulus responded as well as he could with a warm, moist tongue and a wagging tail. After they had given him a dinner of warm broth and had made him comfortable in Rome, Mr. Whipple succeeded at last in dragging Ernest away. "'He'll be all right now,' said Mr. Whipple. "'He's exhausted, but he'll soon recover from that. "'He's a young dog, you know.' "'But where could he have been?' wondered Jack. "'It's my belief that he was stolen,' said Mr. Whipple. "'Someone who knew he was a valuable dog stole him. "'But I doubt if we shall ever learn who it was. "'But he must have been taken some distance away. "'He looks as though he might have traveled thirty miles or more.' "'How do you suppose he ever found his way back?' asked Jack. Mr. Whipple shook his head. Dogs are wonderful creatures, said he. End of chapter 9